0: finally getting back to some football it's crossover time locked on 49ers locked on jaguars the biggest storylines the key matchups and making some predictions here for week 10 49ers jaguars coming at you right now you are locked on 49ers your daily san francisco 49ers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your
1: team every day Hello, everyone. It's that time again. Welcome to a crossover edition of Locked on Jaguars and Locked on 49ers. I am the host of Locked on Jaguars, Tony Wiggins, and he is Brian Peacock. And we are bringing you a crossover edition and a friendly reminder. The Locked on Jaguars, Locked on 49ers YouTube pages is free for you to come and subscribe to. Just make sure when you're there, you hit the bell. Hit that notification button. Also, make sure you hit the like button and then hit the notification button so that you do get notified anytime we drop an episode. And then, if you're riding around in your car and you're looking at listening to podcast rather, wherever you do that at, make sure you tap in every single day so you don't miss an episode. Today's show is sponsored by Prize Picks. This is the Crossover Thursday episode is always brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prospects.com forward slash locked on NFL and use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. And Brian and I would also like to say hello to all of our everydayers for being every And you can be one, too, if you just come back every day. What up, Peacock? It's been too long, man.
0: Yeah. How's it going? Wig? I'm pumped for this one, uh, man. You, you said in your cold open that it was. About five weeks since the Jaguars played at home, and yeah, they've been they've been across the, the world playing football games. It feels like five weeks, even though it hasn't been that long. Only one bye week. Both these teams coming off a bye. Uh, it's nice to get back to some NFL football and and see some action from from these teams this week.
1: It is nice to get back. And my man Crocker, Eric Crocker, who's your co-host. I was looking forward to seeing Croc too, man, because Croc is all the way live. Uh, had some other commitment, so we're gonna hold it down here today and uh, try to bless the audience with. A little bit of peacock and wig how about that i'm yeah, so used I, to saying peacock and williamson you know what i'm saying so i just said a little peacock and wig just had a him. nice red like to it, it. so you. i did my show uh yesterday's show and i talked about uh george kittle and the reason why i talked about george kittle is because guys like that in the past have been nightmares for the jacksonville jaguars and mm-hmm. his effect On the game. So for me, the biggest storyline I know everybody wants to from a Jaguar perspective, everybody wants to talk about how do you block the front four now that they have Chase Young. They're gonna get the ball out quickly. I think the key is getting the 49ers off the field on third down. They are a rhythmic team. People love to talk about scheme, and I say that's a that's an easy, tricky way to say that your team doesn't block and tackle well enough because scheme doesn't matter if they can't get first downs, right, and they don't get into a rhythm. And I think the biggest rhythm guy that they have that keeps all of that stuff going, even without catching the ball, is George Kittle. I think he blocks, he catches, he'll have these monster games, maybe he doesn't have the same type of effect that uh, Travis Kelsey does, but he's a very unique player, and he scares the living daylights out of me, Peacock. Yeah, and he
0: was the leading receiver for the 49ers in the last game they played, but that was with, you know, with Debo out. And um I I it has been sort of, you know, week to week a different player. You know, a lot of Christian Chris McCaffrey, obviously, but Crocker and I have talked about a lot of locked up 49ers. Like there, there's no reason George Kittle should not be getting 10 targets a game. And you know, maybe it's a little reminder that he could be someone who's featured a little bit more like he was in, in the last game for the 49ers. And you know, if you just looked at his stat lines, you might not think you might not realize how good of a player he is, but when you watch him play, you appreciate how he plays, what he can do as a receiver after the catch, as a runner, uh, especially for a tight end, and then his blocking ability as well, and just the way he plays. You know, He's one of those cornerstone players. He's one of those players that other players on the field feed off of. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's one of the most important players on the team and, and absolutely would like to see him get targeted a little bit more. So maybe that'll continue now. And uh, look out for him in the red zone, too, because uh, I don't remember when – how many touchdowns Brock Purdy has thrown now, but when he had 22 touchdowns, which is a couple of weeks ago, uh, 10 of those had gone to George Kittle. So, uh, he looks for him in the red zone, if not as much as he used to between the, the 20s, or at least not as much as Jeremy Garoppolo used to in between the 20s. And I, I think it'd be smart for Kyle Shanahan to, to feature Kittle as the number one read in, in some pass plays a little bit more often because he's that good.
1: So, the Jags have won five in a row, right? And when you're pulling for a team, You want them to win five games in a row. You want them to win as many as you can in a row. But then when they play a really good team, you're like, God, I wish that, you know, the old, I wish they'd have lost one along the way, because I think, you know, this is the formula where this is one that, is one that they would lose. And the 49ers are too damn good to have three straight losses, right? So you almost think from that formulaic point of view that this is a disaster. Ain't no way they're going to win six in a row and they're going to lose four. I don't know if we can do that this time, because this game, you know, there's a reason why the Jaguars won five in a row. And there's a reason why I think it's injuries. But I'll let you tell me a little bit more why the 49ers have not won more games as of late. You know, and
0: for the 49ers, the big storyline this week is that Steve Wilkes, the defensive coordinator, is now moving down from the booth to the sideline to call plays for the defense this week. And that tells me that they don't really have a good answer because I don't think that's the answer. I think they're kind of grasping at straws with some of these things and um, injuries are part of it. But the 49ers, I mean, there's, you know, 29 other teams in the, in the NFL that would love to have the 49ers problems with who they were still left with on the field, even during these three losses. So not having Debo, who's back at practice this week and it's full go now. So Debo Samuel's good and he's going to play. Trent Williams being out as well, the combo of those two guys has hurt the 49ers offense, hurts the short passing game with what Debo can do with the catch and run stuff. He's always a big part of the game plan for Kyle Shanahan. Debo always gets the ball early, always gets the ball in the first drive, whether it's a, uh, you know, a, a an end around a jet sweep, a, a you know, a slant, a, you know, uh, whatever it is, a screen, he's going to get the ball and he's going to be featured. Um, but Trent Williams has been a pretty big loss and usually one offensive line because I always think of offensive line as, as one unit, it's five guys. And it's one thing. How good is your offensive line? That's usually my question, not how good is this player? How good is this player and how good is this player separately? Uh, But losing Trent Williams has been a pretty big factor for the 49ers and he's still not at practice this week. And the 49ers are not going to be with uh, going to be without their left, starting left guard, Aaron Banks as well. He's got turf toe. So, the two left, two starters on the left side of the line are very likely not going to be playing for the 49ers. We'll see if um, with Trent Williams, he's dealing, they've called it a sprained ankle. I think it's a high ankle sprain is, is what's mm-hmm. really going on with Trent Williams. And so um, it's it's going to be, it's been tough for him to to get back on the field. Still not practicing this week as of Wednesday. Still has some time to get a limited practice in and, and get on the field this weekend. But it's looking like he's not going to play. And that's not great for the 49ers because that affects the run game. It affects the pass game. affects how quickly pass rushers to get in the backfield at Brock Purdy and the Niners have faced the gauntlet of pass rushers this year. They have faced miles Garrett and TJ Watt and Michael Parsons. Uh, they face all of them, you know, and new Hunter. Yeah. yeah new Hunter, Hunter as well. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, they've, <laughs> and they've done a pretty good job. Watt got back there quite a few times and they just beat the heck out of, out of the, uh, out of the Steelers in so many other ways that it didn't matter, but that's not an ideal situation. Cause you know, that affects the the run and the pass for the 49ers. So that hasn't been ideal, but they should be able to work around that. And they haven't the last few weeks. So I think the big storyline with the 49ers is right now, Steve Wilkes feels like he's being a little bit of a scapegoat because the offense has still only scored 17 points the last three games in that losing streak. And I don't know if they exactly have the answers. I mean, the players are there and Kyle Shanahan said, well, the answers are in the building, but I, I think it's just circumstance and, um you know sometimes teams do that and it's cyclical five weeks into the season look like the 49ers could do no wrong and we're gonna lose a game all year but we knew it was like yeah they're not gonna go 17 and 0 most likely and it's like okay yeah now you lose three in a row you regroup the buy came at a great time brock purdy bumped his head a few times he was in concussion protocol a couple of weeks ago so i think it was a really great time for the 49ers to be on that buy be rested and uh and just refreshed and you know just uh uh I think just hitting the reset button a little bit is really what the 49ers needed here because Steve Wilkes wasn't the one out there missing tackles and the 49ers don't miss 30 tackles in three games like they had the last three weeks. So that's one thing that I think is just going to come back down and and be a positive regression for the team.
1: By the way, Steve Wilkes is a very, very good football coach too. So uh, a lot of times guys get blamed for stuff uh, because they're new a little bit to a situation and because it doesn't look like it used to look in the past. But I want to talk about, you mentioned Brock Purdy. I want to talk about him. I called him, I didn't say his first name right yesterday on my podcast. And I got corrected. But disrespectful, Brock Purdy. I know it, right? But people have been disrespectful to him (laughs) and they've been disrespectful to Trevor Lawrence. Because a lot of talk about generational or franchise and folks just don't look at results all the time. Sometimes they, you know, do this with whatever their imagination was about a player and they never let that stuff go. So I think we were 10 years in Tom Brady's career before people stopped mentioning where he was drafted. And uh I will do that here in segment two where we talk about the biggest matchups and we're going to start with those quarterbacks. We'll do that in just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. First, I have to let you know about DoorDash. Everybody that listens to my podcast knows that I have been talking about DoorDash as of late because I was restricted to the house because of injury. And not only that, I then had a loss in my family and folks were just sending me all kinds of stuff From our favorite restaurants, local restaurants, not just the chain restaurants, but the little pizzeria that's five minutes down the road that does not deliver to my area because it's a new area. Well, guess who did? DoorDash. You can do the same thing and get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter the code LOCKED23, subject to change terms apply. Now read that again. Get 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code locked 23 Make sure you tap into DoorDash to make your life a whole bunch easier.
0: All right, here we go. Continuing this Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode, we got Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars and Brian Peacock of Locked On 49ers. Make sure y'all check us out on the socials at Shop Talk and Wig and at BD Peacock. You can, you can, you can hang out with my co-host on social as well, uh, Eric underscore Crocker, uh, even though he's he's not here with us today. Um, So biggest matchups in this one. I, I, I want to continue on this this talk of the 49ers front because going up against the Jaguars defensive front, um, obviously Josh Allen can rust the passer. Uh, by the way, you want to you take a little walk down memory lane with me real quick, Wig, because this just dawned on me back in 2019. There was a lot of folks that uh, are fans of the 49ers. That were saying, yeah, maybe they should go with Josh Allen with the number two pick and not Nick Bosa, or maybe credit Quentin Williams. But Josh Allen was really popular amongst 49ers fans, and I liked Josh Allen a lot. I thought, you know, obviously the pick's gonna be Nick Bosa, he can't go any other way here, but I like Josh Allen a lot. And his career hasn't been exactly, you know, he hasn't been defensive player of the year like Nick Bosa has. He's been really good, and I feel like he's having a really good year this year. So, um, no Trent Williams. You got to protect your guy, Brock Purdy, right? So I think the ball's going to come out quick. I think the ball's going to come out quick on both sides. But uh, aside from that, the Jaguars front has been really good stopping the run this year. And you know, the 49ers, are going to want to try to run the football. So the best thing the Jaguars can do is make the 49ers one dimensional and then get after him with Josh Allen in the pass rush. So talk to me why the, why the uh, Jaguars defense has been so good stopping the run this year.
1: Well, we'll start with him. Josh has been their best player on defense this year. Um, I think it's nine sacks. He's like at the top, of, you know, right, either first or second in sacks. The thing is, is though, with Josh, he had a really good rookie year when they had Klayz Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe. Now, to show you how we got to this point where he's playing on his fifth year option, the fact is is that he got to the fifth year option and didn't get an extension when all the other guys that are superlative, like the Miles Garrets of the world, and and of course. Uh, Nick Bosa, nobody's letting him get that far. It's like letting a quarterback, a first round quarterback get to his 50 yard and actually play through. It just doesn't happen, right? Because there's been a lot of trepidation about what he was, whether he, whether he was a number one or a number two. I even, in fact, had to argue with some local media people about two years ago that he wasn't as good as Nick Bosa. And uh, he's not. That's just not who he is. He's more of a really, really good two, but he's in a contract year playing like, number one right so he has these games where he's had multiple sacks he had three in one game three in another and then two in another so but don't mistake that for saying he, he hasn't played well because he has he's gotten a lot of pressures today i heard robert solace say something about quinn and williams he says sacks are overrated it's the most overrated stat it's about pressure It's about guys wrecking game plans. And that's what Quentin Williams does. That's exactly what Trayvon Walker does too. But nobody wants to hear it. Because everyone is, once again, hung up on, well, he was the number one overall pick. As if these drafts are monolithic, right? As if he was the number one pick in the draft where they had Trevor Lawrence. Or if he's the number one pick where they had Drake May and Caleb Williams. No, he was in the number one pick in a draft where you were going to either take Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati or Icky, the kid from NC State. That's that's pretty much what you had, right? Yeah. They weren't taking Kayvon Thibodeau, I think, with some personality stuff. I think they were wrong about that, by the way. This kid has done exactly what he's done at Georgia. Mike Tomlin said it a couple of weeks ago. Y'all don't talk about stats. I'm talking about the physical punishment that he administers on a daily basis. Now, we can go back and argue whether or not you can get that at the top of a draft all you want to. But make no mistake about it. There's not one real pure football coach that does not think that Trayvon Walker is a beast. And I'm I'm in that camp, too.
0: Yeah, he's a beast. It's just that when you get that number one pick tag, they expect fireworks and they expect, you know, 20 sacks. You know, they they yeah. expect that kind of production. And that just might not be the type of player that that he is. Is, is Are they moving him around? Because I saw a guy who was like, man, this guy should be playing inside a lot too, to, to utilize his full skill
1: set. I like him. Uh, you know what? If he was a defensive end and a 3-4 like J.J. Watt, He's not that much smaller. He's 6'5", 275 pounds, man, and runs a 4'4", and has arms as long as you ever want to see. Mm-hmm. He he does get moved around a little bit um, on passing downs when they go to a four-man front, but a lot of times he stands up on the outside and he even drops back into coverage. He, I mean, he's very instinctive in coverage. He's a former basketball player. He gets his arms up, gets his hand, he tackles really well in the flat. So – uh, one of the ways the 49ers might combat that that edge rush is to continuously run guys out in the flat and throw quick passes and make those ends have to go and protect that area because, you mm-hmm. know, you miss a tackle on Christian McCaffrey, he could be gone. So uh, they do move him around a lot, but you'll see in that game, if you just take – you won't even have to do it very long. Watch two drives and just watch number 44, and you'll go, okay, that's what Wade was talking about because – There's small things that show up that coaches love that fans don't. But when you watch the tape and you go, damn, that dude, he's physical. And players probably get sick of him hitting them because he's always coming in with that extra steam and that extra mustard. So it's going to be intriguing how they do with uh, Brock Purdy. And and, and that's one of the things I want to talk about. Two weeks ago or three weeks ago, you couldn't turn on your TV without hearing Brock Purdy. Is he a franchise quarterback or is he not? Now everybody's peacocking, no pun intended, but everybody's peacocking because he struggled for three weeks and the team is laughing there. And they're going see what I tell you. And then with Trevor Lawrence, me and Richard Server were tweeting one night on the Thursday night game, and he goes, he hasn't been great. And I'm thinking like the dude had 26 touchdowns and eight picks last year. What do you mean he hasn't been great? He had 4,000 yards and complete 68% of his passes. What do y'all want? You know, I think they embellish how good Andrew Luck was His first two or three years. Wasn't like that. They embellished how good Peyton Manning was his first two or three years. Wasn't like that. So uh, this kid's numbers are stacking up pretty well for his career, but he just doesn't satisfy people. What do you guys in the media and the fans think about both of those quarterbacks, Purdy and Trevor Lawrence.
0: Oh, wow. Well, you're, you're touching on something because they, it's basically been Lord of the Flies since like 2021. I, in fact, I know the exact day. It was March 26, 2021. It was the day that the 49ers traded up in the draft. And they went up to number three. And you realized, okay, they're going up to get a quarterback. So, from that day forward, it was like, okay, you got Jimmy. He's taking, taking you to a Super Bowl. Injured too much. They're clearly looking for another quarterback. So, which one is it? So, then you had camps of pro mac jones you had pro justin fields you had pro trey lance and then by the end of it most people are like just please not mac jones and it was trey lance Uh, i was justin fields guy at the time i just thought the upside was there uh but i liked trey lance and i thought mac jones was the second round guy so i was like no way you're trading up to number three for mac jones they went with trey lance and then it was okay well now there's the people still love jimmy g so now it was jimmy versus trey lance so that went around for a couple of years then jimmy goes away but then jimmy doesn't go away because they they ended up not trading him so they ended up keeping him and re-signing him back and so now Jimmy's back and then Trey gets hurt and then Jimmy and so there's just it's been non-stop arguing amongst fans about who should be the quarterback who's good who's not good then Brock Purdy shows up out of nowhere and they're like wait a second so all the all the Jimmy lovers were like oh well we still hate Trey Lance so now we love Brock Purdy but then the other half still now that love Trey Lance are like well you got to give the young guy a shot we hate Brock Purdy and so that's still going on and so there's a lot of people that really want to see brock purdy fail even amongst 49ers fans sometimes and of course it's going to take a long time for a guy who's the literal last pick of the draft the 49ers didn't take him he wouldn't have got drafted and um it's going to take some time for people to be believers and he's not the most physically gifted guy right Uh, but there's something to him and it's been pretty fun to watch and he has played the best quarterback the 49ers have seen in the kyle shanahan and john lynch regime he's been he's been awesome uh, he does have some limitations with the arm. That's why he's developed such a great uh, ability to, to be uh, to throw with anticipation uh, and it's got him in some trouble where a receiver maybe takes too long, a little extra stem on the route and isn't where he thinks he's going to be is a throwing an interception, but it's because he's got this unbelievable anticipation ball comes out quick where it needs to be on time. And then he could, he's been more of a playmaker than I expected out of Ohio, Iowa state too, with that, uh, that ability to run. He's just got a, it's got a quickness about him. Get it out of the pocket can make a play and um he's got some toughness too for not being a big guy so you might look at him and say is that a a school teacher or an nfl football player i can't tell but uh he's got some toughness he's got some some ability and and he's been really good it's gonna take he still hasn't you know he's still basically on his rookie year as far as playing he still hasn't played 16 games in the nfl so i don't know exactly what brock purdy's gonna be but i'm a believer because he's really fun to watch um but he's not, you know, he just doesn't have that star level physical ability and star level arm. So there's going to be skeptics until he starts winning championships. Like Joe Montana. Joe Montana did who, by the way, didn't have that superstar stature or superstar army either. Um, but you have to have some other really special qualities to overcome that uh, at times. And and he, and he does have some of those qualities. And as far as Trevor Lawrence, I think everyone loves Trevor Lawrence. And a lot of people are like, well, why didn't they try harder to just go up to number one instead of going up to number three in that draft and just ending all the debates and just drafting Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I don't know if the Jaguars were answering phone calls at that point, but um, yeah, I think a lot of Fortnite fans really like Trevor Lawrence. And I think a lot of the Lawrence stuff is just, if you're not Patrick Mahomes and it's you're, You're just never going to get that kind of credit. You know, so um, I think there's a ton of teams. I talked about how there's 29 teams that wish they had the 49ers problems. There's maybe 29 or so teams that wish they had Trevor Lawrence right now.
1: No doubt about that. We're going to talk about uh, win predictions, how the teams can win. If you want me to give a score, I'll give a score in segment three. We'll talk about something else in segment three, too. I got to ask this. How has this front office been able to survive with the Trey Lance situation and then taking Solomon Thomas over the LeBron of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes? I'm going to talk about all of that in segment three with Brian Peacock and let him answer that question. We'll do it in just a second here on a crossover edition of Locked on Jaguars, Locked on 49ers. Let's talk about Jace Medical in the Jace case. Uh, whether you're on
0: extended travel and maybe – Maybe you're going to travel to a place that doesn't have cell reception and you need to make sure you have uh, all the the medication or certain things that your family might need in an emergency situation. Maybe you're bracing for a major weather event that can happen in a number of places around the country and around the world, Uh, maybe limited by another supply shortage or, you know, you, you are covered when it comes to Jace. Medical, thanks to our partners at Jace, who have life saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications that can be ordered in a one year supply in advance. Even ED generics for Cialis, Viagra, and more of those pre- pre- predictions, um, pre- prescriptions, excuse me, are also available at jacemedical.com. All you got to do is you go online right now at Jace Medical to receive your 12 month supply of your daily medication. And remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. For a discount as well verified customer had this to say about jace quote i'm thankful for this service supply chain issues caused me to uh, have my pills not available and had to cut them in half just to have enough of them and i ordered most of my daily meds with a one-year supply i also ordered the antibiotic kit i feel secure now prices are lower the local pharmacies i highly recommend this for everyone end quote So if you or someone you love would get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com and see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code locked on for $20 off your purchase, jacemedical.com.
1: All right, rolling along here, segment three of locked on Jaguars and locked on 49ers. We all locked in to a crossover show that's what we do but i have to let you know first that locked on is kicking up our coverage with locked on nfl kickoff live each friday locked on will go live at 2 p.m eastern on every locked on nfl youtube channel host to Neutra baptiste jarvis davis and kyle krabs We'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, and more. Plus, get the in depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. If you ask me, I'm going to tell them why the 49ers are going to lose this week, right? So, find Locked On NFL kickoff every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. And now, I got to deal with Peacock after making those comments, right? Mm, Wow. Yeah, man, yeah. So I I asked you a question before the break. Um, We rarely do teams get a chance to survive hiccups in the draft, right? I look back at the 49ers draft history. I saw Nick Bosa, of course. I saw Debo, Brandon Ayuk. And then I saw a whole bunch of people that I don't really recognize for making a whole bunch of plays. Right. But the 49ers have consistently over the last five seasons been one of those teams that I think could win a Super Bowl at any minute. Regardless, I don't care if they're playing Kansas City. I don't care if they're playing these high power teams. They have the defense and they have the toughness to beat anybody when they're healthy. How have they been able to survive? Because normally guys get fired when they make these kind of mistakes.
0: Yeah, and, and I've pondered that a lot. Um, the well, there, there's some easy answers there. And and one is you're going to NFC championship games and you're going to Super Bowls anyway. So that's okay. You still got scoreboard. Um, but why have they been able to do that? Well, one, I think one of Kyle Shanahan's superpowers, he's obviously a really good offensive coordinator. You know, he's a great offensive mind. Um, but he's one of his superpowers is the ability to identify and hire and, and develop other coaches. He's already hired three other head coaches in just seven years. Um, multiple GMs have come out of the building as well. So two GMs, three head coaches have come out of the San Francisco 49ers system so far since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch took over. Um, and because of the great coaching they've had, they're really good. And sometimes players even playing up and, and, They've also been, and this is the key when it comes to the draft, because yes, you just lit three first-round picks on fire when you made the Trey Lance move. You uh, then spent four more draft picks—a second, third, fourth, and a fifth—on Christian McCaffrey. You just have to run, uh, just to have a running back who turned out to be, you know, amazing in your system. But you'd already just spent consecutive third-round picks on running backs who are non-existent for you. One of them didn't make it after through his second training camp. The other one right now is the fourth running back on the roster behind a sixth-round pick and an undrafted running back. Um, and so you see all these early picks and they did some really weird stuff. They Reuben Foster and Solomon Thomas in year one, uh, you know, Dante Pettis trading up for him, uh, CJ Beathard in, in that 2017 class, uh, Joe Williams running back out of Utah who everyone had character red flags on quit on uh, his team in college. Uh, the 49ers didn't have him on his draft board and Kyle Shannon had said, no, I love his film. I'm, I'm not gonna be able to sleep if we don't draft this guy. So they ended up taking him in the fourth round. He never played snap for the 49ers. So right. the Scouts had it right. You know, they got to listen to him. So they've done some weird stuff. They've really traded up a lot for Kyle's guys, and, and half of those, or mo- more than half of them, haven't worked out. In fact, most of them haven't worked out. I think ayuk has been, like, the, the best Kyle pick. You know, if you're trying to, like, decipher who's who's really behind most of these picks, Kyle's not doesn't have a great track, track record there. But the 49ers have been historically great, the best in the league, and the best I can remember for any team at drafting rounds five through seven. You're not supposed to have star players, you know, George Kittle and and stars and, and starters all the way around your roster and your franchise quarterback drafted between rounds five and seven. And the 49ers have been able to do that. And if you said that Brock Purdy was a second round pick and, and George Kittle was a first round pick and Talanoa Hufanga was a third round pick and Dre Greenlaw was a second round pick, you'd be like, OK, that sounds about right. So they've just gotten that value of the wasted early picks that they have made, they've gotten that value later in the draft. And that's really where they've gotten a lot of this talent. And then they have hit on some other guys early like Bosa and, you know, Fred Warner was a third round pick. Hyuk uh, was a first rounder. So they are 50% in that draft because J- Javon Kinlaw um, has been, you know, uh, you can, you could say Javon Kinlaw has been a bust based on what you would expect a, a top 15 pick to be at, at the defensive tackle position for you, you know, injuries and inconsistency on top of it. So they've made some good picks. They've done some weird stuff. Uh, you would never, uh, I remember talking to Tyler Rowland of locked on Titans. And he asked me, what are, what are they getting in rank on who they draft, who they uh, signed as the GM from the 49ers organization? You know, what's the blueprint? And I was like, well, you can't follow that blueprint because you would ne- like it's, it's improbable. You can't follow that blueprint that I just laid out. Uh, but what you can do is work together as a team, as a front office and coaching staff. And I think that's what the 49ers have done great too. So. Uh, the short answer, they've won, so that's why they're still there. Uh, and the reasons they've won is not because of some of the early draft stuff they've done that's been super weird, but uh, still a, a very good team, and, and their their roster is one of the tops in the NFL.
1: Sure is. And the Jags are the other way. They, they, they have top-heavy guys because they were picking so high every single year. And you have the Trevor Lawrence and ETN and Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd and all of those guys. So it's a tale of two different teams, but they're going to get on the field Sunday, and now we got to see who's going to win this game. I never root against the Jaguars uh, when they play at home, and I'm not going to do it this time. I, I think it's going to be a close game. I'm going to go 27-24, Jacksonville winning a very, very competitive game that should be on national TV, but it isn't. But they a very, very close game. game. Very I mean, close
0: game. They should have flexed this game into prime time. It's, it's some uh, just some shabby games in prime time this week, some really bad games all across uh, the schedule, but uh, this is going to be a really good one on Sunday, m- Sunday morning for us over here on the West coast. Um, and I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be pretty close. The, these are two good football teams. 49ers are on a losing skid. Uh, Jaguars are obviously really hot going into the buy. So maybe they got cooled off by being on that buy. Um, does that help the 49ers? I don't like that. The home team is getting, you know, three plus points. If you, if you go to FanDuel right now, the, the, Niners are favored by three on the road. So if I was a betting man, I think the smart play is to take the points and take the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I do think the 49ers are going to win this game. I think they're going to get back uh, to playing the football, closer to the kind of football we saw in the first five games where they looked darn near invincible. Um, I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game, though, too. And and so uh, the 49ers' offensive line banged up. If they're going to have a tough time running the football. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be doing everything they can to make the Niners one dimensional and put them into some third and long situations. And uh, so it's going to be up to Brock Purdy and in uh, the passing game to, to put some points up on the board. And I think the 49ers defense is going to start tackling a lot better. And I think Steve Wilkes is going to uh, light a fire under these guys because they know that their defensive coordinators getting scapegoated because they're the ones out there missing tackles. And they're the ones that aren't, they weren't doing their run fits well enough and not caught covering well enough. And, not tackling well enough so uh, I think the 49ers going to be ready for this one and be a little bit angry and I think it's going to make for a uh, a really good game and a somewhat low scoring game so take the under and I've got the 49ers by exactly 3 in this one and I'm going to take uh 21 no I'm going to I'm going to take them by 4 21-17 the final here for the 49ers
1: so there it is close game both ways two teams coming off of a bye Two guys that really like each other too. Peacock's my man, 20 grand. And uh, glad to have you here, man. We need to do it again, even though we we probably ain't going to play a game for a few years. But uh, always glad to have you, whether it's. Hey, maybe in in February. How about that? You know what? You know what? I'm going to be in Vegas too. See? I'm going regardless. So guess what? You might be right. Me and you, a Crocker, might have to have us an adult beverage together, brother, because if that happens, uh, I'll be very, very, very happy, and I know the 49er fans will, too. All right, so for Tony Wiggins and Brian Peacock, check us out respectively on social media at Shop Talking Wig and BD Peacock. Also, please tune in to the Peacock and Williamson podcast as well as Locked on 49ers that Brian does every day. And you can catch me on Locked on Jaguars and Locked on NFL every day on Locked on Jaguars, Fridays on Locked on on NFL. Have a safe traveling uh, traveling. grace to all of y'all if you're coming to the game. If not, enjoy it in front of your TV sets, and we'll do the same thing. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Take care of each other. And we'll see you next time here on Locked on Jaguars and Locked on 49